Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 2, Episode 4. This is your co-host, Aaron Delp, and with me, as always, is Brian Gracely. Hey, everybody. And today we're going to talk about how to use cloud computing as a business advantage. Brian, why don't you kick us off? Absolutely. So, you know, as we've been doing in the past, we have sort of a framework that we think about this. And in this one, we've got uh, really four, we think are pretty critical things to think about in terms of, uh, you know, using cloud computing for business advantage. And the first one, and I'm going to start with this because I think it's the most important one is, you know, does technology impact how you interact with your customers, right? So customers are the centerpiece of, of everybody's business. So you're really got to think about does the technology that we have, whether it's in-house things that you use uh, for your internal systems or things that that face out to your customers, your customers interact with in some way, does that impact their experience? Does it make them uh, want to do business more with you? Does it reduce your ability to do business with them? You know, do they think about your business or are they always thinking about your competitor's business when they think about that technology? So it's sort of the first question you have to ask yourself and you know, be honest with yourself and, and then figure out, okay, if it's a yes or it's a you know a strong yes, then you've got to figure out how do we continue to invest in this space so that we we, you know, that's that's a great experience, right? It's very easy these days for customers to not have a great experience and to go somewhere else, right? We were in very, very competitive markets almost no matter what industry or geography that you're in. Aaron, what else do we have on the list? Well, and I think it's no coincidence our, you know, our, our top two points are really is all about people, right? Number one was all about our external customers. Number two is uh, what about our teams, right? What about our internal uh, folks that are supporting these ab- uh, applications and, and what are we doing to them, right? At the end of the day, what we're hoping is we're improving uh, their work environment. And what I mean by that is you're using this technology for a business advantage and maybe you're freeing them up from something that that just wasn't differentiated for the business. So now they're able to go on and actually it almost creates a bit of a flywheel, right? This business advantage opens up your teams to then go do something else as well. And on the flip side of that, what if you're doing something that's actually taking time away from your teams? What if maybe this system or, or this environment that you're in, maybe you're gaining a bit a business advantage, but your teams now, maybe they weren't staffed for it. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe there is a learning curve. Maybe there is something else going on that actually is degrading the efficiency of your teams as well. So when you're thinking of a business advantage, you know, think about the external impact, but think about the internal uh, people impact as well. Yep. The third one on our list is actually sort of the inverse of the first one on our list. It's, you know, you, you evaluated your own customer experience through your technology, but how do your competitors stack up? Are you ahead of your competitors? Are they ahead of you? You know, are you able to determine, are they investing more than you? Because one of the things to remember is, you know, technology investments, sometimes the investment comes at point A and the results don't maybe don't come for several weeks, several months, several years, but you really got to be looking at your competitors' investments in technology. Are they better than you? Are they hiring better people? 
Do they have locations that are better suited for, you know, hiring the best developers or the best technologist or whatever? So, you know, again, one of those things of be, uh, be very honest with yourself of how do you stack up to your competitors, study their business, study, you know, what they spend on technology, how much of that spend uh, is related to, to them, you know, gaining business. Because again, technology is one of those things that becomes a force multiplier if applied properly. And, you know, small companies can sneak up on big companies. We've seen this over and over again when they apply technology the right way and start really taking market share in, you know, in situations that, that you never would have imagined happened in a million years. Yep. Yep. And I, Brian, I really like that, that term you just used force multiplier, because I think that fits in for number four, um, which is we've seen companies use technology excellence and creating centers of excellence and, and really being vocal about it. It then becomes a tool to recruit new talent. Right. And, and so this is something that can be a business advantage for you and your organization is, are you actively marketing your technology and the excellence and the opportunities and the projects, because then other folks will want to join. And it becomes a little bit of a tribes like mentality of really starting to build momentum in the industry you're in. And then other folks just naturally want to be a part of that excitement and that excellence and that just increased productivity overall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, uh, as we've been doing in the other episodes, let's dive a little bit into some reality here, you know, kick us off on, you know, what are some of the, the kind of realities of that, that list of four that people should be thinking about and, and applying to their day to day? Yeah. So at the end of the day, a good bit of what we discussed in episodes one through three can be applied here as well. So we, we talked about innovation, we talked about experimentation. We talked about reducing costs. We talked about managing risks. So this is a little bit of a culmination of all of those. Um, but but I'll add to this. Um, you know, if you consider your organization what I'll call a forward looking looking company, many are realizing these business decisions really all come together. It's taking a technology decision using that to their advantage and then creating almost an ecosystem around the technology and the technology decisions and the architecture and the people. And it just creates an environment that naturally almost has a bit of a gravity and starts to attract others in the market as well. Yeah. I, I think what we're beginning to see, and we've been seeing this for, for a while is that, <clears throat> you know, forward looking companies really think of every business decision as, as a technology decision, right? It's, it's hard to imagine a lot of what we do um, that, that isn't tied to technology. Again, it doesn't matter if you're making cars or trying to find energy or, you know, saving lives or, you know, creating pharmaceuticals, whatever that might be. Um, you know, so much of that is that those business decisions are technology decisions. So it, it, it begins to force you to think, you know, am I, am I thinking like a technology company? Am I thinking like a technology uh you know, product manager. So, you know, are you, are you trying to make your people visible, right? Like, do you want to, like Aaron said, do you want to get excitement about what you're doing? Are you trying to position your company in news articles and media and other things as being a technology innovator, right? They may not seem natural things for you to do, but you know, the ones we're seeing that are forward looking are, 
you know, coming to technology vendors and they're going, how do you do it? How do you market? How do you put your people out front? How do you make the industry think that, you know, whether you're doing it or you're planning to do it, that you're really a leader. So, you know, it's, it's as much about, you know, understanding your market, but also understanding how do we acquire the best talent? How do we, you know, use the most sort of leading edge technologies or how can we be visible about those? All of those things, while they may seem fluffy to a certain extent, look around at your industry. The ones that you admire, oftentimes you're like, oh man, I wish, I wish we were doing that. Why aren't we doing more of that? And your boss will be asking you that as well when maybe your best person leaves to go work somewhere else because they think it's a better technology environment for their career. Yep. Yep. Completely. And, and so like, think about this. I almost think of it as a little bit of like, what are the activities, right? If somebody is interested in something like this, um, are people in your organization speaking about your organization in public? Maybe they're talking about a technology they did and they implemented. Maybe they're talking about a process. I don't want to say this has to be about technology. This could also be about a process. It could be about something you're offering because this is, I'll use the term free publicity within your organization, or excuse me, within your industry, right? So again, if this is all about generating buzz and a little bit of almost like guerrilla marketing and creating an advantage where your company is just seen in a different light than they may have been previously. Yeah. You know, the last thing I'll kind of highlight is, you know, as you're thinking about, um, you know, solving your business problems and, and again, technology is kind of an underlying factor in that. Are you thinking about how do you make the way that you're doing this modular, right? Because at some point you're going to get into things that you absolutely have to own. They provide you a competitive advantage. And then there's just things that you have to do, but maybe you can, maybe you can find ways to, to partner in those. And those might be, we work with certain vendors that are great at doing payments. We work with certain vendors that are great at, you know, marketing aspects and so forth. And so, you know, the companies that are really good, um, you know, you always have two options. You can vertically integrate, which, you know, gives you a stronger advantage if you really can build a moat around it. But for most companies, they have to sort of horizontally integrate. And that means understanding in a technology perspective, how do we make what we do modular? How do we understand, you know, sort of the API economy? You know, how do we work with different companies that can help you get to your ultimate goal but gives you more flexibility in how you get there. And it allows you to focus on what you're strong at. It allows them to focus on what they're strong at. So, you know, Aaron, I think we've been talking about this. This episode is kind of the culmination of a lot of the first three, um, understanding some of the technology in season one. Um, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with really starting to think about yourself as more than just, you know, what you do, but also how do we think about ourselves as a technology company? So you want to take us, take us home, wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we hope you can see how creating as a business advantage matters to your business. On the next show, we're going to be looking into trade-offs of different cloud computing architectures. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.